Thanks, Karen. Thanks, guys. Good morning. It's great to be with you. As Karen said, we we are in this series in John, and it was kicked off last week by Andrew, and it's a series called That You May Believe. That you may believe, that we would see many people believe. And if you missed out on Andrew's message last week, seriously, jump on our YouTube channel, check it out, because it was an intro to the series. We didn't even start at verse 1. It set it up beautifully. And it lands us today at John chapter 1, verse 1. And we'll look at the first little bit there. And can I encourage you, if you've got a device of some kind, or if you've got an old school Bible, whatever it is, um, grab it and actually get John 1 in front of you, because we're going to sit in the first 18 verses of that today. Our focus this year is about common ground, about trying to find common ground with everyone, doing everything we can to save some. It's a great focus for us because I think the more we think about it, we have so much common ground with people. Like Karen said, it's a challenging time in our world. It's a challenging time in our nation, in our community. There's so much common ground in that. And so as we engage with people, we find common ground, but then we want to go a step further. And this series is about not only finding common ground, but once we do, that we feel that we are equipped and encouraged and able to share our faith with people that may want to explore faith. Now, that's what this series is about. We can be equipped with some language, some understanding of the good news, how Jesus engaged with people, who Jesus is, what he's done, your story with Jesus, and then what do we do with that? How do we share our story? And so if you can follow with me, we're starting at John 1, verses 1 to 18. And it's interesting because at first glance, as you read this, It kind of sounds like the intro to a Star Wars movie. You know where it kind of says, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then you've got this crawl of the image that kind of comes up after that about this kind of background and context of the story. Um, It looks like that, but it's not. It looks like John's giving some context of the story, but he's not. John's giving you the story. John's actually jumping right in and actually with the story of Jesus front and centre from the beginning, from the life of John the Baptist to right now. It's the story. It's the major story. And John just reveals Jesus. That's what he does. Now, he doesn't start the the writing of this gospel with pleasantries and who he is and what he's called to do. He starts with Jesus. Because for John, it's it's all about Jesus. He is everything. He is front and centre. He has the first word, the final word, the last word. He's, He's actually the story. And so we're going to jump in with John. John was a disciple of Jesus. He was close to Jesus. He was with Jesus in, lots, in all of his public ministry. He knew Jesus really well. And John speaks of Jesus because it's all about him. He speaks about so much about who Jesus was and unpacks so much about who Jesus was and what he has done. You know, quite often when I'm talking with people about Jesus 
who are exploring faith in some way, I use that language quite often about, it's really about knowing about who Jesus is, that Jesus is who he says he is, and he's done what he said he's done. And I see that this is what John's trying to do. My hope today for you, if that you're someone who is a believer in Jesus, that, that we can actually meet Jesus in a fresh way, in a deep way, and understand more about who he is, have revelations about who Jesus is and what he's done in deeper ways, and that we know it, it's fresh in our minds. We can speak about it naturally like we're speaking about anything else when we're talking with people. And my hope today is also, if you're engaging in this in any way and you're exploring faith, maybe you're fairly new to faith, or maybe you don't really understand who Jesus is, welcome. I'm glad that you're here because my hope is today that you have a revelation about who Jesus is and what he's done. And my hope is that that sets you off on a direction where it totally changes your life significantly, significantly for the better. And so here we go. Here's John from the first chapter. Let me read it. In the beginning, now again, it sounds like Star Wars, but it's not. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God and God created everything through Him. And nothing was created except through Him. The Word is Jesus, if you haven't picked this up yet. We'll talk about that more later. The Word, or Jesus, gave life to everything that was created and His life brought light to everyone. Can you see John's going straight in to reveal Jesus? The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist. That's different to the John who wrote this, this gospel. John the Baptist he sent him to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And he came into the very world he created. But the world didn't recognise him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all to all, to everyone, to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right, the privilege to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And so the word became human. Jesus became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, Hey, this is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone's coming after me who is far greater than I am. For he existed long before me. And from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one's ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Can you see how you could read that passage like, a, like in the beginning, and you know, once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away? John isn't doing that. He's saying there is an ultimate reality that has existed for all time. It exists in the day of Jesus and John the Baptist and it exists for you and me right now. 
And it's all about Jesus, his life and his life. Who he is and what he did is so relevant now more than we could ever realise. What I love about this, as I've explored it, John just wanted to reveal Jesus. John's just trying to go to the depth of who he was in his engagement with Jesus and go, can you meet Jesus? He's been there all along. And he pours out his heart. And so what I see is this this beautiful revelation of Jesus. And again, we could read over that like we have and skip over that and I think miss a whole bunch of truth about who Jesus is and what he's done. And so here, let's reveal some things about Jesus. Jesus is revealed. And the first thing John says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. So you can absolutely exchange the word for Jesus. That's what John's saying. He's saying that Jesus has always been around. He's always been alive. He's always been part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Spirit. If you knew knew to exploring faith, it's not like Jesus was born into the world and that's when he started to be around. He's been around forever. Father, Son, Spirit, as God. Jesus is part of the Godhead. He's been there the whole time in that kind of intimacy. And if we look at Psalm 33, there's this beautiful kind of verse that says, The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and the stars were born. You see, it's an interesting way to describe Jesus as the word. Now, We could do a whole message on that, and there's a whole bunch of reasons. But a couple of them are is that John used that because it was through Jesus' words that the whole universe was created. And it's through his words that there's a communication of the living word, the truth, the gospel, the good news of Jesus that leads to a revelation that Jesus is who he says and he's done what he said he's done. So it's about this this word, this living word, the word that when you look up Genesis 1, I looked it up before. It's interesting. You go right back to the beginning as John does and says, Then God said, let there be light. There was light. Then God said, let there be space. He created this whole shebang with words. Powerful. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow, etc. Then God said, then God said, then God said. He was the word that existed for all time. He is the living word now. He's truth. And through his word, through the counsel of his spirit, through words that you and I have as we share a testimony about Jesus, people will have revelations that Jesus is God, that he's always been around and that he loves them and he's invited them into his family. The word of God is powerful. God's words are powerful, powerful to create, powerful to communicate. And we can't miss that. John continues to reveal Jesus and he says, God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. So here's Father, Son, Spirit and Jesus is speaking and creation happened. And we see that in the Genesis story. Everything, everything that you see, Jesus was there speaking out words and creating. Amazing. By the way, I actually believe right now that you and I, as people, are created in the image of God. 
And, and part of his image is a creator. And I absolutely believe that God wants to continue to create things through you. You have his spirit in you as a believer in Jesus. And God's placed within you dreams and gifts and visions of things that he wants to create through you. He wants to continue to work through you. That's a whole other message, but I don't want to skip that because I think it's powerful. John continues to reveal Jesus and he says, The Word gave life to everything that was created and His life brought light to everyone. So not only do His words create, His words bring life. His words bring light. His words bring clarity and vision so people can see. Life and light for life to make sense. Jesus spoke and he gave life. You know, like life cannot exist without light. And so Jesus brings that. He speaks it. John continues to reveal and he says, The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. There's a powerful principle there that pretty much says that Jesus is victorious. Like He is the true source of light. Nothing can extinguish it. I love Matthew where it says, Now I say to you, Peter, which means rocks, upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Like we might look around right now and go, man, what's going on in our world? It seems to be a dark place. This coronavirus thing's out of control. And if we're not careful, we can focus on a lot of that stuff. And we need to, and we need strategies to overcome that. But there's a principle exists in the middle of even chaos. That Jesus is light and life, and there's no darkness that can extinguish him or what he's doing. And we need to hang on to that as believers. We need to carry that light and that hope and that life, even when things are pretty crazy around us. So John continues to reveal. He says that he came into the world, the very world he created. Now that's incredible. But the world didn't recognise him. He came to his own people and they even rejected him. Isaiah prophesies that in in, in Isaiah 9. It says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You see, Jesus came into the world he created. As part of the powerful message of the good news. He entered our broken world, a sinful world. He, was, he came and was born as a man, fully God, fully man, to bring light and hope and life and a way for God to be revealed. Do you know right now all around you and me, even in our community here on the Central Coast, people are living in spiritual darkness. People are living in a way where they don't recognise Jesus. There's probably lots of reasons why. And sometimes we can get in the way of that. But there's people all around us that are living without life, without light, without hope, without vision, without clarity, without life making some kind of sense with the truth of Jesus and a relationship with Jesus. There's people maybe in your family that are living like that. You and I are the link. You and I are the messenger. You and I are the people that have a testimony that Jesus, from all time, from the beginning, current and for all time, that Jesus is life and light and brings a revelation of God and brings an invitation to all. See, John continues. I'll keep going. He reveals this truth and he says, but to all who believed him and accepted him. So that's all 
The invitation's for anybody. He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth, but a birth that comes from God. What an invitation. You and I need to be clear that the good news of Jesus is for everybody. Jesus is who he is and done what he said he's done. He did that for everybody. There's an invitation for anybody to step into the family of God because God has brought a, Jesus brought a revelation of God, Father, Son, Spirit, and we're all invited. Our spiritual birth, your spiritual birth, we even throw around the born again Christian. You don't hear it much these days, did years ago. Your spiritual birth trumps your physical birth. Your spiritual birth to be reborn and accepted and given the privilege of being in the family of God totally trumps your physical birth. Way more significant. I don't know how much we've thought about that. You know, I remember talking to um, someone years ago and they were sharing with me um, that they were, they were older than me, so they were getting up there. Um, they were sharing with me that they were an illegitimate child. So what that meant was that their parents weren't married when they were born. It was a big deal years ago, but it came with this tag. It came with this identity piece that was being carried this whole life that I'm an illegitimate child. You know what, there's so many varied stories of how we were born into this world. And some of us like and love our parents. Some of us don't like and, and really can't get on with our parents. Um, sometimes there's massive dysfunction and abuse there. Um, and sometimes um, we don't know our parents at all and we're adopted into another family. There's so many stories. But what's interesting in this piece is that as a believer in Jesus, you're adopted into the family of God and that totally trumps your physical birth. What? That, that totally changes your identity. That's an identity that you and I carry as believers. Or if, if you're checking this out for the first time, and maybe there's something to unpack that in your story, that you're invited. Your identity changes as a child of God. All because of who Jesus is and what he's done. That's powerful. John says, man, to, to all who believed in him, he gave the right to become children of God. There's something in that that's really powerful. And if you need to unpack that more, I'd encourage you to. Your identity has changed. You are reborn. You, have a, you are a new creation in the family of God. Praise God. See, there's so much truth about who Jesus is and what he's done in these, in these first few verses of John. He continues to go. We haven't finished yet. So the word became human. Jesus became human and made his home among us. We will never understand the significance of this. You read Philippians 2. It talks about Jesus letting go of his equality with God and becoming nothing, becoming a servant, a slave for us, for you and me. Jesus chose to be born as a human, fully God, fully human, and became home with us. Do you know, I want to say that Jesus feels at home with you. Jesus feels that he feels totally comfortable with you. He feels totally at home in your place, in your space, with you. That's a pretty cool concept. Fully God, fully human, he came into the world and he feels at home. He made his home here. 
he made his home with you. It goes on. How's this? He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. I don't know what your picture of Jesus is. I don't know what your picture of God is. But John reveals Jesus to be someone who is full of unfailing love and totally faithful to you and his Father for all time. Full of unfailing love. He has grace for you that covers a multitude of sins. There's no fine print in his love for you. Totally unconditional, totally unfailing. Jesus will never fail you, no matter what. He doesn't change his disposition. He just doesn't change his stance. He is always full of love for you. He is always totally faithful to you. I look at my relationship with God and there's times I'm not faithful. There's times that I choose in my flesh disobedience. God doesn't change his stance for me or you. Total unfailing love, total faithfulness. I love Lamentations. I haven't got this on the screen, but you may have heard this. Lamentations 3.22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What would it look like if you woke up every morning and read that and believed that and owned that truth? Change the way you live. John continues to reveal. He says this. He says, from his abundance, still talking about Jesus, from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. Is that the way you think about God? That he is a God of abundance? That Jesus actually is all about abundance? And that you and I receive one gracious blessing after another. One after another, after another, after another, after another. Is that your understanding? Is that your revelation of Jesus? He's a God of abundance that brings blessing after blessing after blessing. I don't know about you. I just got to stop, have a big picture look, and I see blessing after blessing after blessing. If I'm totally distracted in my life and unfocused, I miss it. It's like what Karen was talking about in the craziness of this time as well. We can be so distracted by all this stuff and miss that we have a God who is loving and faithful and has abundance of blessing for you. Changes the way you live. John continues one more. He says, but the unique one who is God himself is near to the Father's heart and he has revealed God to us. There is no one like Jesus. Never, never will be, never has been. There's no one. He is unique. The one and only God who's actually come into this world that he created, that he spoke with Father, Son, Spirit, became as a man to make his home with you and me, to reveal the Father, to reveal the Godhead to us and to give us his spirit to live with. What a story. What a truth. What a revelation about Jesus, about who he is and what he's done. Jesus is doing this for you and for me and for all the people around us that don't have a revelation about who Jesus is yet. So that Father God is revealed. So that there's relationship with a living God. So that there is light and life in our life. So that we are equipped to share that message from the testimony that we have with our relationship with Jesus. There's a lot in that, isn't there? Really, there's 10 messages there. 
10 revelations about who Jesus is and what he's done. Now, really, I've titled this message, Jesus, John and You. But it's so weighted in the first part of revealing Jesus. Because it is all about Jesus. John puts him front and centre. Unpacks this massive story of truth about who Jesus is and what he's done. And then he talks about John the Baptist. And he says a few things. He says that John the Baptist was a man who was sent. He was a sent one. He had a purpose. Again, this is a different John to the John that's writing. John the Baptist is actually a cousin of Jesus. And I love this in, in Luke, in Luke 1. John's father, John the Baptist's father, um, prophesied over his son after being silenced for a while. And he says this, he says, And you, my little son, you will be called a prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. And John grew up and became strong in the spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. What a beautiful prophecy about this, this person, this man, John the Baptist, who was sent. He was on mission on purpose to prepare a way for Jesus. I like that. He, he was on a mission to actually speak out about the good news of Jesus, about salvation and forgiveness of sins and an invitation into relationship with Jesus. It's an interesting thought. John the Baptist, to prepare a way for Jesus to actually bring a revelation of God. And then John, in his book, continues to talk about John the Baptist. And he said, it's actually to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John wasn't the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. I like it. Sent for a purpose and an outcome. John the Baptist was sent to prepare a way for Jesus, who John just brought this massive revelation more than we'd ever know. And there's so, so much more to Jesus than that. But to prepare the way, to clear the road, road, to make the path straight so that Jesus can actually bring revelation about God the Father because of John's testimony, because of his story, because of the words that John was speaking from a relationship with Jesus. But I love that it says he was simply a witness to tell about the light. You know, when you hear that something's going on, when you kind of hear of something, you kind of go, oh, that's interesting. Plenty of people would have heard and prophesied that, that the Messiah was coming. So people had heard about that. But then when someone says, actually... I've experienced what you've heard and it's actually really good. That actually changes your attention and your focus and our curiosity just has to check it out. 
You see, we're seeing that even with the, the cafe at, at Tumby, Better Days. Like that's in its early stages, in its infancy, Better Days Cafe. And people knew it was coming, it was con being constructed, and even had a banner up there, cafe coming soon, all that kind of stuff, and that was good. But then it just takes someone to talk about it and go, man, I went the other day, the coffee was outstanding. Which it is, by the way. It changes it. And we're seeing people step in and step in and people are actually talking about it. They have a testimony. They have a witness about Better Days Cafe and we're seeing people come in and check it out. You see, this is the kind of thing that John was doing. He was talking about an experience that he had with God, preparing a way and people were checking that out. John testified, John says, he, he testifies that John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said someone's coming after me who's far greater. Interesting, John had the privilege of baptising Jesus. Isn't that interesting? John's going, man, I can't do that. You're so greater than me. I... And Jesus going, actually, it's what, the, it's what the Father wants. And so he did it. Imagine that. Imagine baptising Jesus, my goodness. Not that there was any sin in his life. It wasn't about that. It was about declaring publicly that he was the son of God. Heavens opened, audible words were spoken about that. This is my son who I'm well pleased with. Incredible. So Jesus, John and you. What does this mean for us? What does this mean for you and me? Well, number one, God's been revealed to you. And my hope is that, that as a believer, that we grow in our revelation of who Jesus is and what he's done. And we understand that our spiritual birth trumps our physical and we're in this relationship. Well, maybe today, maybe there's enough curiosity, even from going, who's this guy? I've never met this guy before, but it sounds like he's had a personal engagement with the living God. I need to check that out. It's like the coffee thing. Check it out. Check out Jesus. Check out the invitation that he has for you. Like go, go through the book of John in the New Testament and actually you will discover Jesus through the words, the living words. You will have Jesus revealed to you. And you have a choice whether you choose to believe and follow. But it's kind of one of those things. If you hear someone else with a testimony about Jesus and you've got revelation of truth, the Holy Spirit actually wants to see you step into relationship. You line those up and there's a revelation that changes your life. Not only this life now, but for eternity. God's been revealed to you. God's been revealed to me. And maybe today he's being revealed to you. Well, also, the other revelation is that you are loved, that you are blessed, that God has placed his, placed his light within you by his spirit. You are loved, you are blessed, you are in his family. Interesting, in Matthew, so John was saying he wasn't the light. In Matthew, in the book of Matthew, it actually says, Jesus says, um, that you are the light of the world. He's talking about us. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Now, Jesus is the light source, and we are only the light because he puts his spirit in us as believers. But we bring that light. We bring that life that Jesus has always done from the creation of this universe. We are that kind of light for people around us. 
And number three for us from this story of John the Baptist and the revelation of Jesus, I absolutely believe that you and I are sent with a mission that's fairly similar to John the Baptist. That we are sent people with a testimony. Now, a testimony isn't like standing up for five, ten minutes and telling how you got saved. That is part of your testimony. Your testimony is your life. Your testimony is your story of your relationship with Jesus. You can testify about the difference Jesus makes in your life. You can testify about the peace and the hope and the patience and the love and the grace and the mercy that He gives you every day, regardless of what's going on around you and what difference makes that to you in the centre of your life. You can talk about the difference that Jesus makes in your family as you are the light in the family and you might be the only one in your family. But we have a mission has sent people very similar to John the Baptist, in my opinion, that prepares a way for people to have a revelation of Jesus so that they will believe. You and I, because of our testimony, to say, that's who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jesus. You and I have a testimony, a story, a witness that prepares the way for Jesus to bring a revelation about God, Father, Son, Spirit, so that People believe. I think it's very similar. And it's just to be a simply a witness, like it says about John the Baptist. It's simply to share your story, to testify about Jesus. And as you can see in John, we're going to see revelations of Jesus all the time. And we can talk about that. We can talk about who he is and what he's done in a very natural way to anybody that wants to explore faith as we find common ground with people. But as I start to wrap up, I would probably say that it's actually in our brokenness, in our struggles, in our sufferings, that we can find the most common ground with people. It's actually in the pressure that we can actually let our lights shine. And sometimes it's just shining through the cracks of all of that. It's in this common ground as we share struggle and share complexity of life and share genuinely what's really going on because that's where Jesus makes the difference. You and I don't have a testimony of it. It looks all good on the outside. Everything's looking okay. How are you? I'm fantastic all the time. It's not that. It's about real life, real struggle, real pressure, Real brokenness with Jesus in the middle of that in your life. He came into the world he created. He came into a broken world and he meets you and me as lives that haven't got it all together. Sinful lives that have a desire to follow Jesus. And he meets us there and he makes his home with us there. And he gives unfailing love and faithfulness all of our days. And it's in that we have a testimony like no other. We have a testimony that no one else in this world has got without Jesus. I don't care what kind of self-help principles you follow that are not faith-based. Some of those can be good, but it's nothing like having a relationship with Jesus who with unfailing love and faithfulness in the middle of all the stuff in life. And we shine light from that place. And it's in that place, I reckon, we prepare a way for Jesus to bring a revelation about Father God and the invitation that's on for everyone. Your testimony, your life, 
as we find common ground and share Jesus, will provide a way for people to have a revelation of Jesus so that they believe. My hope is that we see many, many people in our world, in our nation, in our community, in our homes, have a revelation of who Jesus is and what he's done so that many will believe. As I get the guys to come up and and round us out as we land this message, I just want to share this one verse in 2 Corinthians 4. You may have heard this, you may not have, but it's probably what I'm talking about in the complexity of you and I having a testimony and a story of Jesus in the complexity of life. And it's this, it's in 2 Corinthians 4. It says, Satan, he's just as real as Jesus, by the way. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. There's people all around us. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Now we have this light shining in our hearts. Praise God. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. And this makes it clear that our great power is from God. It's not from ourselves. And we are pressed on every side by troubles. But we are not crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never, ever abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the depth of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. You see, you and I as believers in Jesus, or maybe if you're checking this out, this invitation's for you. We've had a transfer of identity into the kingdom of God, into the family of God, and we carry this light because Jesus places his spirit in us. It comes with a responsibility. It comes with a responsibility to let it shine. And one of the best ways to let it shine is just in all the normal complexity and struggle and pressure of, that this broken world places on us. And in that, and with the people living in darkness around it, that, that where, that's where light shines. And darkness will never extinguish that. Light always wins. It's always victorious. It always makes a difference. And you and I have this 
invitation, this privilege, this responsibility, just to be genuinely us and simply be a witness, simply bring a testimony, simply to testify the difference that Jesus makes in your life, that Jesus is who He says He is. He is the Son of God. And He's done what He said He's done. He's made a way for you and I to be in a relationship with God, loving God for eternity, including now. And we want to do that so that we see people believe. Can I ask you, encourage you to join me, to join us, that together that we go on a journey through John and we look at Jesus and we have further revelation about who He is what He says, how He engages with people so that we can carry His light and have a mission like John the Baptist and prepare a way for the Lord, prepare a way for the people around us to actually have a revelation of who Jesus is. And we do that just by sharing our testimony of Jesus, that we speak about Jesus. We speak about the life that He's given us and the difference He makes in our lives. Can I ask you to join me in that? That together we trust that. I think it's the arrowhead right now in what Jesus wants to do in His church. That there will be this time in this place right now in history where the church rises, where it's empowered, where it's actually equipped with language and good news to be the light and to share the light and to make a way for Jesus to bring a revelation so that we see many, many people believe. Oh, will you pray with me about that? Because I think God's doing something in that place and there's an invitation for you and I to step in to join Him in that. Or maybe today your invitation is to say yes, to say, I choose to believe because something's happened in me today where I've had a revelation that Jesus is God and He actually sees me, loves me and invited me into His family and I choose to follow Him. That's a simple prayer. In fact, it may have happened right now. But let me pray about that. Father, I thank you that you're a God who loves us so much more than we'd ever know. God, I pray that your words, your living words of truth will come alive in us and that we would have further revelation about who you are, Jesus, and what you've done. And I pray, God, from that, that we would have a mission as sent people like John the Baptist, and prepare a way for you, Jesus, to bring revelations of truth about who you are and what you've done. I pray, God, that we would see many people believe. So God, I pray that you would empower your church, empower us, fill us with courage. I pray that we'd rely on your power, not our own. Lord, even in how the difficult times that life can bring. I pray, God, that we would let your light shine and that we would bring a testimony. We would testify about your truth and about who you are in our lives. Lord, equip us with your Spirit, God. Your Spirit's with us, but equip us with language about your good news, about ways just to genuinely share and be a witness to you. Help us to speak about you, Jesus. Fill us with courage so that we can do that. So that we may see many people believe. God, I pray that this week, even today, 
you would give us opportunity to testify about you. And I pray, God, that you give us the words just to genuinely speak about you, Jesus, to bring your name into the mix and make it really personal. And I pray, God, that in those opportunities, in time, we would see many people believe. And we pray that you'd receive all the glory for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.